Hi there, you're listening to the Trinity Community Church Podcast. TCC, a home for you. All right, praise the Lord. Welcome to everybody uh, online. It's good to see everybody out here. Uh, from, from, from this direction, I get to see all the smiling faces. Praise God. Um, we're going to pray for uh, TJ. He actually got a weekend away. And I thank God for that. Lift up your pastor all the time. But, to, you know, give him traveling mercies and allow him to relax. Actually, and be human sometimes without the entire church uh, needing him 100%. Um, what that uh, shows you, obviously, is I am not Pastor TJ. Uh, some of you are pretty observant, females probably especially. You notice that you're like, you know what? <laughs> Something different. And uh, in fact, I am, this is serious, I am the Reverend Gerard W. Hauser. <laughs> Half of y'all are like, Brother Jerry? What's, what's wrong? Okay? I do go by, by Brother Jerry a lot. A lot. So, um, we're starting a new series here. Those of you who are in on the devotions, you've been seeing, you know, the new logo, and we're referring to deep living. Deep living, not um, that we, you know, get all stuck up in our, in our heads, you know, and, and, and messing around, but rather that we live deeply in God, right? We're going to be going over those the next couple of weeks. Uh, today's, um, today's message is called Kingdom Priorities. Kingdom Priorities priorities. Do we have them? I don't know, Brother Jared. What are they? Right? Actually, most of you know what they are. If you thought about it. If I, if I asked you to put it on the quiz, I gave you multiple choices. Most of you would be able to check probably what they are. But we're going to talk about kingdom priorities. Pastor picked this verse and he said, this is what you need to bring to the people. Okay? Priority. Something that's preferred something that is superior, something that gets attention first. And that's sometimes where we might need to have our conscience raised a little bit, okay? Requiring our attention first. Here's our key verse for today, okay? Our kingdom priority is the king. Ooh, there's a surprise. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Most of us could probably recite that even without the verse in front of us. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Okay? Let's break it down. What does pastor love to do? Well, let's lay, take a look at the words, right? We're going to take a look at the Greek words. Okay, this is coming from an Irish guy, so this is the best I can pronounce it. But this is the Greek word. The Greek word for seek, right, simplified for us is ziteo. Okay, he can look, he can look at this and he can correct me later. But ziteo is the best it could say. Uh, Look to its meaning. To seek out, to try for, to, to obtain, to strive for, to strive for. Well, that's a little bit different than, you know, one of my sons looking in the refrigerator going, I don't see it. They got to a point now, actually, where when I say, oh, do you want me to come find it? Like, no, 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 stop, stop. And they'll get other kids to come and look in the refrigerator to see the butter that's right in front of them. You know, it's not that kind of seeking to strive for, okay? Many of us can get something if we really set our hearts on it. That new outfit, that new food, getting to that new restaurant. Some things are a little bit higher stakes. The new car, that might take a little bit more. 
Those of us who can handle haggling for hours and hours on the, on the, the floor of the car dealership, right? Or maybe a new house. Oh my word. How much effort does that take? Ask anybody who's in the midst of it right now. How much work does it take to find a new house or to move? Well, that takes a lot of work, doesn't it? It takes striving. It's not something you fall into accidentally, okay? How about when you have a crush on someone? You have noticed somebody. How much work do you put into that? How much thought goes into that, right? A lot, a lot. So, um... When Jesus said, we need to actively seek God first, this is what we need to be thinking about, okay? Now, Jesus, of course, entered into the the new covenant, all right? But he said that he was here to fulfill the old as well, all right? So I like to make sure that we've got uh, scripture from both testaments, okay? So let's take a look at what God said in the Old Testament about seeking him first. Well, let's go to the Big Ten. Big Ten Commandments. His people needed to learn who he was, how they are to live, and what the relationship is supposed to be. Okay? So let's go to Exodus 20. There's the Ten Commandments, one version of them. Okay? I am the Lord your God who has brought you up out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You are to have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness, form, manifestation of what is in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the water underneath the earth as an object of worship. You shall not worship them nor serve them for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous and impassioned God demanding what is rightfully and uniquely mine. He's the one who delivered them, right? They were his people. He earned them. He has a right to be jealous. We say, oh, you shouldn't be jealous. There's some things it's okay to be jealous over, okay? When you're a a teenager and you like some new girl and somebody else likes that girl, okay, you have no right to her. You just happen to like her, you know? Guys get into fights, you know, over some girls that have not noticed either one of them sometimes. But the guys think that I've got a right to be jealous. You know, I, I do have a right to be jealous over one woman in this entire world, okay? That's my right, because we made a covenant. We made a vow before God, okay? So God, he brought these people. He says, I'm a jealous of God, all right? So in those, in those 10 commandments, right, the first two commandments, does it sound like he wants us to put him first, How much room does he allow for other gods? Any leeway? Is there? No, there's not. Thank you. This is people shaking their heads out there. Thank you. No, none. God is first. He's a jealous God. Okay? Don't serve anything else first. Don't worship anything else first. It is very, very clear. All right? Put them first. Put God first. So his priorities. All right? He goes, no, no, no. You've got to make me first, then everything else will fall in line. There is a second part to the, to the verse we're studying, you know. When we put him first, then everything else falls in line, all right? How much leeway do you think my beautiful Mary would allow 
for bringing other girlfriends home from work? What if she's just there a little while? What if I don't, you know, really like her, like her? I just, right? Is there any room in our house? Do you expect her to go, oh, that's okay. You just bring her once in a while. It is not going to go well. There is zero room. God says, I'm a jealous God. There is zero room for anything else, okay? So, um, Israel was delivered firsthand by God. These people that he's speaking to, these people that he's given commandments to, they were the ones in Egypt who were slaves. They'd been slaves for hundreds of years. They were the ones who saw the 10 plagues. They were the ones who saw the parting of the Red Sea. So it was easy for them to say, oh, okay, I get it. God and God alone, there's not going to be anybody else, right? Let's go to the next slide. Wrong. How long did it take them to mess this one up? Those were the same people, guys. That was the same group. It was not that long between the 10 plagues, the Red Sea, and this golden calf that they made. Okay? Those of you who don't know the story, I know most of you do, right? Moses is up on the mountain. They get scared. They turn to Aaron and they say, build us a God. We don't know this God that led us out of Egypt. We don't know this God that did all the miracles. So make us one. And Aaron, Aaron tells Moses later, I don't know what happened. The people that got upset, they gave me their gold. I threw it in the fire. Not kidding. Look at your translations. And out came this calf. How did that happen? <laughs> and he got away with it. I don't know how Aaron wasn't like smitten on the spot for that one. Moses shaking his head going, really? Out came the calf. Okay. So they make a calf. Why? Okay, because they wanted a God that they could see. We all want a God we can see. We want a God we can touch and control, you see, to make him in our image. That's what makes us feel comfortable. We are not as comfortable with the infinite that we need to make first, that we need to bow our knee to. We are not so comfortable with that one. We would rather have a God we can make, okay? Well, let's get to it then, because you are not going to control the infinite. God cannot be made into an image. As soon as we start making statues and paintings, as soon as we ascribe to those things any power, anything magical about them, Right? God's going to be shaking his head going, that, that's why I told you not to do that. Okay? Because we think that that thing, that painting, that somehow has power. Okay? So a big question. Why do we seek God first? All right? We're going to make him the priority. We're going to make him first. Why? Okay? Well, what gives him the right to have control of my life, to be the number one priority in my life, because I got important things to do. So an hour on Sunday, pretty cool, but God, why should you be first? Well, let's take a look. The number one reason, he deserves it. He absolutely deserves it. For one thing, he created us. That gives him some priority. He redeemed us, buying us back from slavery, okay, from death. 
He gave his son. He traded his son in our place. He is faithful to us even when we are not faithful. And I can tell you that from personal experience. I have not been faithful to God all these years. There are times when I fight him. I dented the, the, the dashboard of my car fighting with him. I am not kidding. I was slamming it. It was, it was you know, kind of rubber covered, right? And I thought, that's okay. That's a safe place. I'm not going to hurt my knuckles. I looked after a little while. It actually had a little dent in it. I was like, oh, I guess there must be metal behind that now that I think about it. Okay? And yet he was faithful. He was just sitting there just waiting for me to get over my temper tantrum like we have to hold the kids when they're overtired. You ever done that? Because like, ah, yeah, 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 and you just keep holding them, holding them, and they go, oh, because that's exactly what they needed. So that's what he does for us. Okay? He is our father. We owe him. He is our king. We owe him. United States, we got a little bit of trouble with that concept. So how about the word Lord? Lord, King. He alone knows what's going on. He alone is worthy of all these, right? So he deserves it. Let's take a look at the verse that uh, backs that up. Revelation 4.11. Worthy are you, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. So he creates everything. He sustains us every day. Okay? I mean, I suppose if you created yourself, you're cool. You can make something else a priority. But the rest of us, sorry, we don't get that. Okay? Are you really a self-made man or woman? I mean, you put your hard work into your life, okay? But who gave you that entrepreneurial spirit to start and do the amazing things that you do? Right? Some of you guys have, have fabulous talents I just stand in awe at. Right? You can have money that makes money. I'm like, wow, how do you do that? You can take apart a car and put it back together again. I'm like, whoa, wow. I'm really glad when it starts. That's what I'm really into. You know, they create these beautiful artwork around here, right? Where does that come from? God forbid people counted on me to create that. Right? Where does that come from? God. God, okay? So number one, he deserves it. Number two, it's actually our purpose. It's what we were designed for. It's what we were created to do. See, that, that verse from Revelation comes from people in heaven already. They're in the presence of God and what they're designed to do. We're just going to be worshiping and worshiping and worshiping and we'll never get tired of it. We'll never get tired of it because that's what we're supposed to be doing. That's what we're designed to do, okay? So uh, we have uh, to answer the question sooner or later, what am I here for? Don't we? What, why am I? And some, some of y'all, some of y'all in, in the throes of, the, um, of adolescence, you know, whoa, is that question get bigger and bigger and bigger? Oh, and what college do you want to go to? What career do you want to have for the rest of your life? <laughs> okay? Some of us, you know, I, I was 18 years old. They said, well, would you please go to college and not run off to New York to become an actor? I was like, okay. I had five siblings that went to college. I figured I was going to college. What did I know at 18? where God would take me, where he would use the acting, and where he would not. I am not a professional actor anymore, okay? So as we answer that question, okay, what is our purpose? All right, now my brother, my older brother used to teach me that. He said, the one that dies with the most toys wins. Ah, so that's my purpose. I sounded like a pretty good purpose when you're nine years old, okay? Making your Christmas list from this year's catalog. Okay? But do we live in comparison? Do we live in popularity? Do we live in success for our family or our kids? What's our goal? 
How do you know that you're doing life well? Do you have any measure at all other than they're promoting me at work? Of course, I won't be able to see my family, but man, what a great promotion. I'll be making tons and tons of money. Is that, is that it? Ask the folks who have been there, who have gotten to the top of careers, who have gotten to the top of money making, and we see them destroy their lives. We see them self-destruct all the time. The message is so clear. That can't be what it's about. Popularity cannot be what it's about, right? So we should actively seek God and put him first because that's what we are designed to do. Let's take a look at the verse. 1 Peter 2.9 But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. There it is! What's your job description? It's right there. It's right there. It's right in all, all your verses. It's right on your phones. That we may proclaim the excellencies of Hallelujah! Hallelujah! If I can point one person to him, if I can reflect him and just be a little bit of a, of a full moon reflecting the sun's light, the glorious God Almighty, I've done something worthwhile. But when I get to heaven, I can't bring all of my, my treasures that I made, my hundred thousand million dollars, and say, look what I did for me. Now, if I took that hundred thousand dollars and I did it for God, oh, that's a whole different thing. If I did become that famous actor on Broadway and I did it for me, I would be able to get to heaven empty-handed. I'd have nothing of worth to show. Nothing. If I raised the perfect family with all the perfect children who all went to college and succeeded, but did it for me, I've got nothing when I get home. But if I took a cup of water in Jesus' name and gave it to someone, Jesus is... This blows my mind. Does this not blow your mind? Jesus is going to laud that action in heaven. He's going to honor us in heaven. Whoa! What in the world? It's good enough that I got there. It's a miracle that I got there. And he's going to praise that? He's going to lift up those things and exalt you in front of other people and say, look what they did for me because of me, actually. Okay? We do it. Jesus does it through us. So... Our purpose here cannot be to feel safe and to feel loved, although we have those, those psychological needs, okay? We also need to know why we're here. That's actually a psychological need. They did a study with a whole uh, group at college, and they had to uh, dig up holes and then fill them in at the end, and they paid them. And the next day, they brought them back and paid them more. And the next day, they brought them back and paid them more. And each day, less and less people came back. Oh, but you're getting more money to do the same job. Because it was purposeless. Right? I'm sure we've all felt frustrated at one time or the other. Said, why am I even doing this? But with God, oh, there is a purpose. Anything you do, moved by the Holy Spirit, you can say, okay, Lord, even if I didn't understand it, you wanted it, we're good. And he'll tell you later, maybe, when you get home. All right? Where are we? All right. On um, the last slide, I challenge you to consider what were you designed for, okay? Those of you with, that you already know your gifts, you already know you're really good at something. I mean, obviously, right? Chip up here and the others up here praising him, all right? They know 
all these technical people that have made Trinity this amazing ability to speak to all y'all online, right, like we're doing right now, praise God, that's a wonderful gift. And they happen to be using it here for his glory. But here is not the only place. Monday to Friday, we are also doing it for him. Monday to Friday, you are being a light for your coworkers. Monday to Friday, you are doing whatever you are doing for his glory. And if you're still studying to do it, study to his glory. All right, those of you who are taking extra degrees, I'm getting a master's, I'm getting a doctorate. For his glory. For his glory. Praise God for his glory. So, um, the next, next reason, okay, we put God first before he deserves it. We put God first because that's what we're designed to do. We also put God first, actually, for ourselves because God is our peace, our shalom. Study that word shalom. I could do a whole preaching on that. Wholeness, completeness, fulfillment, all the things I didn't have as an anxiety-ridden teen, as an anxious young man trying to make his way in the world, trying to prove my worth to some young lady that she would want to marry me, trying to prove my worth raising a family, right? That's not shalom. Shalom, God says, I, I, I created you. You're great the way you are. And I needed to hear that because, frankly, Brother Jerry's a little, you know, different. And that was obvious in my grade school. That was obvious in my family. That was a lot of people going, you know what? You're, <laughs> we, we're, you're different. I found out later why. I found out later that I, you know, had to take some of that energy and it belonged on a stage. I had to take some of that energy and it belonged actually serving the Lord. And I was weird for a reason. There was something different about me for a reason. Okay? So... I will find my peace, I will find my shalom, I will find my wholeness in doing what God wants me to do and being who he designed me to be. I can't be my brothers. Right? When you got three older brothers, you, you look pretty hard at them. Right? My dad was a very, very successful businessman, provider for all of us, paid for eight college educations. I couldn't be him. I couldn't sit at his desk long enough to be him. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. So, so, some of you all know that, you know? So, we'll find our peace, we'll find our shalom. This is where we will get a life. This is where we will find peace. This is where we'll find wholeness. And nothing else will satisfy. We put him first because it's the best thing for us. What does the verse say? All these things will be added to you if we make him the priority first. Let's look at the verse. For whoever desires... To save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Matthew 16, 25. Sounds like it makes no sense? Unless you try it. You try it and you will see what an amazing thing it is to surrender. Say, okay, God, this doesn't make any sense, but I'm laying this down for you. It goes, good. Right? I, I had to lay down acting. I was like, God, right? I thought this is what you designed me for. Here I am. I've got all this education. I, I, have, I have a BFA in acting. I was in New York. I was making it. I said, Lord, I don't like New York. I'm not changing the city. The city's changing me. This is not a good thing. And then I became a teacher. That was like 38 years ago or something. Oh, my word. Oh, wow. I love teaching. I've loved teaching for a long time. I've taught, you can't believe all the number of things that I've taught. This is really cool. Then later on, I lost a job teaching at one point. I said, Lord, you made me a teacher. He goes, I made you an actor, remember? And then I made you a teacher. Oh, yeah. 
Sometimes he does it to keep us on our toes. Right? Wherever he brings us, there's going to be the peace. There's going to be the shalom to do what he designed us to do. But I need to lose my life. I need to surrender. And I've had some pretty big surrender moments in my life. Mostly I fight him. Sometimes I fight him for weeks or months. And when I give in, then it works. I am not the Greek guy. I'm the Irish guy. You got to hit for the two by four. <laughs> and if God can be patient with me, he can be patient with you. Amen. So I've achieved many things in my life. I've failed at many things. I've been praised and I've been condemned and not always for the right reasons. I've been praised for stuff that was stupid and I've been condemned for stuff I did right. So the praise and the glory of men cannot be my measure even here in church. There's some preachers who preach the truth and people are like, mm, 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 I want to feel better when I go to church. Stop saying all those mean things. If, the, if he's supposed to speak the truth, he's got to speak the truth, okay? I have never surrendered anything I have given to God ever in my life, never, okay? Next one. What do we got? You got, nope, I need another verse. Okay. You, God, will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. So you see, the perfect peace comes not from acknowledging God or even getting saved, although that brings a whole lot of peace of knowing our future. It's in keeping our minds on him, keeping our trust in him. Oh, now we're back to that priority, aren't we? How often are we supposed to do that? Oh, only 24-7. Okay. He is everything and everything we want. Okay. Perfect peace. How can that be? When you surrender to the Holy Spirit, I mean, look at the history. Do you know how many martyrs went to their deaths praising God? For real. There were people who got saved watching martyrs die. There were people who watched the Christian get arrested, get tied, or get fed to lions, or whatever else. They're like, I want whatever he has because he's more peaceful dying than I am living. How could that be? Perfect peace. I've seen people peaceful even when their children have gone astray. I have seen people peaceful even when things are falling apart. I've seen people peaceful when four pastors leave within a year. <laughs> no, that could never happen. I've seen people peaceful under the Holy Spirit losing their homes. How can that be? All right? So, God's kingdom... God himself is to be the first priority. That's fine. But it begs the question, aren't I doing that now? If I'm not doing it, Brother Jerry, how, how do I do it? Okay? We can't look at the basic truths we have here every Sunday and say, oh, I do it already. Or, um, I'm not sure I can do that. Or, oh, he must be preaching to somebody else. That's for somebody else. I'm not one of those guys who's going to get like sold out for God, that 100% thing. That's just a little weird. Brother Jerry up here dancing and singing. I don't know what's wrong with that man, but you know what? I'm just fine sitting back in my pew and just, just being me, me and God. It's okay, right? I don't need to get carried away, all right? Because we need to look at the basic truths preached here every Sunday and say, that's a challenge. Because wherever I am on the spectrum in my relationship to God, if you are here and God is over here, are you saying that with these basic truths that I'm going to give you right here, right, that I can't move a little bit closer in my relationship to God? 
Maybe you don't make him very much of a priority and you need to just make a first step. Maybe you don't even know him as your Lord and Savior. Let's make that step today. To submit to God and say, you know what? I need your forgiveness on the cross. I can never forgive myself. I can never wash away my sins. I can never get to heaven by myself. That would be the first step. But those of you who have been serving a long time, those of you who have been moving a long time, can you not every week say, you know what? I can get a little bit closer in my relationship to him. I can look a little bit more like him. He says he's supposed to be making us over into his image. Do you look like Jesus all the time? Most of you look like Jesus pretty well to me, at least on Sunday mornings. How about when you get back in the car with your kids? Right? When they had to call you because your child was down in Sunday school, like, could you please come down and control your child? Do you still look like Jesus when you get that child in the car? Do you still look like Jesus when somebody cuts you off trying to get out of the parking lot? We can all look a little bit more like him. So the challenge is not do I put God first or do I not put God first? But rather, how can I put God first more? How can I surrender more? You see? So, <clears throat> so how do we uh, do that? Well, let me give you some, 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 some basic ideas. You're going to say, Brother Jerry, you're kidding. Look at this. Number one. We'll go to the next slide. Read his word. Oh, Brother Jerry, you're kidding me. You're going to get up there on a Sunday morning. Pastor finally lets you at 61 finally preach a sermon to your home church. And you're going to say, read the Bible? Really? Yep. Yep. It's God's revelation to us. It's his holy word. It's his love letter. It states in John, these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have, anybody? Life in his name. So you want a life? It's in the word. Oh, I know John 3.16. Great. How about the rest of it? Okay. Life comes from us knowing and believing his word. Jesus is the word. Jesus is the, the rhema, the, the, the word of God trying to communicate with us. God's like, okay, here's, here's how I want to get to know you. Can you imagine? Right? You finally do get the, the guy of your dreams, and he goes, well, this is a letter I wrote to you. I want, to, I want to tell you about myself and my dreams. You know, and you give it to the girl, and she's like, no, I just want to stare at you. What? 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 There's a, he told you. Oh, I, just, I just want to get to know you by staring at you. Look at the letter. God wrote us a letter. God gave us his word, okay? Uh, the verse says, How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart, I have sought you. See, there it is, with the whole heart. We're going to spend our whole lives doing this. We're going to spend our whole lives getting better at the relationship, seeking him in his word. Look at the rest of the verse. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalm 119 is, is all about the word, getting to know God, okay? Look how much he wants us to know his word. Not to memorize a couple of verses. Not to say, I've got a really cool Bible. I don't know what some of those folks were saying there in the video, right? To hide it in our hearts. So it's changing me from the inside out. You see, the Old Testament had the Old Testament rules. They were trying to measure up on the outside, but their hearts weren't changed. He says, no, 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 no. The whole circumcision thing, I want to circumcise your hearts. I want your heart soft to me. I want to take a stony heart out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh that we can relate back and forth all the time. Okay? Another way to seek God first. Okay, we're going to read the word. All right? Oh, my. We are going to pray and listen. That sounds pretty basic, doesn't it? Right. 
praying and listening. Because God promised. Let's take a look at the verse. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So there it is. Okay? In the word, it will guard our hearts and our minds, getting to know him, seeking him, living with him. All right? Now this third and this fourth way I talked about trying to get to know God better. This next one, I just called it deepening the relationship. Seeking actively, seeking diligently. How do you get to know the people you love? You have to spend time with them. You've got to spend good quality time. Those of us who have lost our parents, sometimes we wish we could still get to know them a little bit better. Things we don't understand. Questions that come up as we reach different ages and we want to reach out to them, right? How do you spend time with your spouse and get to know them? Or are you already done? Oh, I told her I loved her at the altar. If it changes, I'll let her know. That's as deep as it goes because that is not the same woman who I married 31 years ago. She's a very different, deeper, richer, more mature, godly, amazingly godly woman. If I stayed who I was 31 years ago, we would not even have a relationship anymore. I'm constantly getting to know her. What about God, the infinite, almighty? I'm constantly getting to know him. So I want to deepen that relationship. It can be better. I promise you. Even those of you who have walked, even those of you who are teaching me, I see you nodding your heads because you know. It doesn't matter how long we've sought him. It can be better, okay? You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart, not just our minds, okay? To make him the effort. When we sing to him, don't just sing, praise. When we worship, worship. That means you've got to surrender yourself a little bit and get out of whether I'm singing the right notes or whether somebody can hear me or not. No, 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 no. That's not what it's about. You are speaking to God, right? Like you're singing a love song to somebody, right? I know I got to kind of zip through these verses here because I'm, I'm, I'm watching my clock here, right? So we're going to make an effort, okay? I love those who love me and who seek me diligently find me. So God promises when we do make that effort, when we're trying to make the relationship deeper, he's right there. He's right willing for it. He is not playing hide and go seek. He is not one of those girls who are going, oh, you better come and find me. I'm not going to give you anything until you come and find me. And even then, I'm going to play like I don't even like you. No, he's not like that. I knew a woman who played hard to get. I almost left. I'm like, I'm, I'm just not that, you know, tuned in to the fact that you like me, even though you're pretending you don't like me. I figure you don't like me. You know, God's not like that. No, he's like, no, son, daughter, I gave my son for you. You are precious to me. Look at the words he uses for us. Precious. I, I delight. I delight in you. Te adoro. Right? He loves us. All right. So, the last question. I, I, I promise. Okay? How much does God want? Let's look at the verses. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Oh, is that all? Spiritual sacrifice. Now, often we use this like in terms of purity, you know, trying to teach young people about that. Picture yourselves a musical instrument. You can't be gunked up with a whole lot of other stuff in there. When you make them the priority, you are an open instrument for him to play beautiful music through. Any of you have ever actually known anything about musical instruments, your tube and your clarinet and your all right? They're constantly, I'm not kidding, emptying spit valves out on the side when the cameras are not on them. 
Am I right? Right? The clarinet, it just kind of drips out the bottom. You got a little puddle at the end of it. That's what I played. You know? We need to open ourselves and be rid of everything so that God can speak through us. <clears throat> Last verse. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live in the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. <clears throat> Paul literally was taken apart for Jesus. How many times was he whipped, stoned, left for dead, fed to animals, the whole bit. And he just kept pouring himself out. Why? Because there was nothing in his old life, his Pharisee life, that was worthwhile. He called it dung. He did. He said, no, that's all. It's all poop. That's all I got in my old life. But now, if I just pour myself out, God will do amazing things. And look how much of the New Testament was written by him. So we approach God with the same idea. Do you think you're trying to control your life and your destiny? Give it up. It's all vanity. It's going to count for nothing. It's going to be bringing monopoly money to the bank. You bring in your stuff that you did here on earth is like bringing monopoly money to the bank. It's not worth anything. In heaven, what counts is our surrender to Jesus. Okay? We don't know all the ways he wants to use us. Our job is to say, yes, Lord, as you wish. Any Princess Bride fans? as you wish because when he was saying as you wish what he was really saying was I love you as you wish Lord use me so <clears throat> brother Jerry I, I hear the words I understand you know that you're trying to get us to seek God first but I'm a thinking woman I'm a thinking man I'm stuck all up here Right, I understand that. You got to surrender. Remember what Pastor keeps saying, let's close our eyes. Let's listen to the Spirit. Those of you who are not filled with the Holy Spirit yet, it is the only way you're going to totally surrender. Up Because without Him, you'll stay in your flesh. It's, it, it's just who we are. But the Holy Spirit will start taking away that, taking away that, and you will do amazingly beautiful things for God. You will be amazed at how people are drawn to you, that you're the one up here praying for people and they're getting filled right away, that you're the one at work that are inviting people to church because you say, let me tell you how God has changed me. I am not the man I was. I am not the woman I was. Praise God. Let's bow your heads. God, Hallelujah, I thank you and I praise you so much for today, for everybody here, for everybody online who tuned in. Lord Jesus, for your word that feeds them, Lord God, for you who wants to feed them, Lord God. Hallelujah, it's not TJ and it's not me and it's not Trinity Church, it's you. Lord God, help them to get everything else out of the way. May the Holy Spirit fall. Hallelujah, hallelujah on your people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, that we become less and you become everything. To the glory of God the Father, in Jesus' name, let all God's people say, Amen. Thanks for listening to the Trinity Community Church Podcast. We hope this met you exactly where you are. To learn more about us, head to our website at tccde.com or follow us on social media at Trinity Community Church.
TCC, a home for you.